Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning, everybody. Welcome on in. It is Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. As the next hour, we'll dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. Got a great young guest coming up later on today's program, 18-year-old boxing phenom Xander Zaya, South Florida Zone. He is going to join us. He's fighting and kiss me next week, and you can watch him on ESPN+. Plus. So we'll talk to Xander. We've had him on the show plenty, and uh, he's a great guest. So uh, love, love catching up with him. And, of course, we'll get into a little bit of UFC 261. I'm heading up to Jacksonville this week to go watch Jorge Masvidal and Kamar Usman as the UFC is going back to having a full capacity crowds. But we'll uh, we'll get to the event of the night. It was a stacked night in fighting, to believe it or not. You had Kelvin Gastelum versus Robert Whitaker on a pretty uneventful uh, UFC card. A lot of split decisions, a lot of... Um, not a lot of highlights tonight. Not a lot of highlights tonight. And, and uh, Robert Whitaker ended up beating Kelvin Gastelum. And we'll see where the middleweight picture ends up landing. But obviously, look, the, the main story of tonight was, of course, Jake Paul versus Ben Askren. And I had asked, you know, I had asked, you know, weeks ago, I don't remember what show it was like, do, you know, do people want this to be covered? And it's just kind of something that became inevitable. He ended up moving down here. So was just kind of amongst the boxing scene down here, was training with a lot of people who uh, you kind of just know the gym, you know the scene, all that type of stuff. So kind of fell into our lap. We ended up having him on the uh, the program and promoting this fight. And he, uh, tonight was his night. So first of all, we'll get into the, uh, the ins and outs of Triller and their card and their product a little bit later on. Let's just start off with the fight itself because it wasn't very long. Uh, ben Askren. Uh, gets knocked out in the first round. It's uh, he didn't really get off much offense. I think I saw like him hit one shot. I didn't catch the comp. I haven't uh gone into this show with uh, the CompuBox numbers or anything like that. But uh, looked like he hit him like one shot awkwardly coming in. There was a little bit of entanglement. Uh, Ben Askren, by the way, coming into this uh this fight looking extra sloppy. Um, you know, he's a 170 fighter, his career, and he came into this 191. So didn't, I'm sure cut any weight. Um, you know, did the thing where he trained with Freddie Roach, all that type of stuff. And Jake Paul, look, young man looks in phenomenal shape is training at a nice gym down in Miami body and soul with a, with a, 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 a good trainer, BJ Flores. And, 
you know, we have seen him when he gets in there with uh, with people who don't box. He's got seemingly power to knock people out. We see what he did to Nate Robinson, who is not a boxer. He knocked him dead. Uh, I was at his first fight, and he and Gibb saw him stop him. Uh, that guy did also not box, and now he's taking on a guy in Ben Askren, who has been in the octagon with some dangerous people. This guy is a multiple promotional champion, but he can't take him down. He cannot. Uh, he cannot smother him. He just has to use his hands. And if you've seen Ben Askren in the Damian Maya fight, you know that's uh, that's not something he's fantastic with. So. Um, Jake got him out of there in a round. Like he said, he would, he hit him with a one, two big right hand. Ben went flying, hit the canvas hard, uh, ended up popping up, beat the count of eight referee, uh, decides to wave it off and stop the fight. That's all she wrote. So Jake Paul's celebrating. He's going off. He's drinking with Snoop. Ben Askren whisks away. He is out. He is not there to be seen. He is gone. I think somebody said that he made 500000 base salary for this, plus he got some pay-per-view. So he's going to make a, a pretty penny for it. And uh, people are pissed. People are pissed. People are pissed about last night because they think that it's a work. They think that it's a a setup. They think it's all fake. They think that Ben took a a, a phantom punch. I, I'll say by the but look by the replays, it looked like Ben Askren took a real punch. It looked like he took a big bomb right hand straight it was a good look it was a good punch it was a straight one right down the pipe right on his temple and he went down in a heap um he's a guy who's been dropped on his head by Robert Lawler because they let him continue could the stoppage have uh this was a funny one where people were like well what about the stoppage you know was the stoppage early first of all just listen to yourselves what does Ben Askren what does Ben Askren have to what what does Ben Askren have to uh come back from in this fight to beat Jake Paul like he has to he has to go through uh the chance of actually being concussed whether the courage to go and beat Jake Paul it, it, it's essentially a, a retirement fight for him in a sport he doesn't compete in so I found that hilarious people want Jake Paul to lose so much they want Ben Askren theoretically to get off the canvas like he's Rocky Balboa to come back and beat uh and, and beat and beat Jake Paul because they hate him so much which is part of the funny thing with this is that, and, and one of the funny things I did find fascinating talking to Jake Paul is that I just can't believe that people fall for this game. It was the same thing with Floyd back in the day. I don't even really want to put them in the same sentence, but like how many times Floyd could do people into watching him thinking he was going to lose. And this on a much more terrible, I was about to curse, a, a, a much more terrible scale is the same essential thing. You have a guy, a villain, an internet troll who is, you know, in this boxing role. He looks like he's got some skills against people who, uh, who don't seem to be up to snuff with him. And, you know, he's dealt with, uh, he's dealt with some opponents in pretty spectacular fashion, you know, um, cause look, we watched a guy like the Frank Mir fight earlier. Frank Mir is a, this guy's a, a, a trade killer. Now granted he was taking on a professional boxer, Steve Cunningham, but it was a boring fight. It wasn't very good. And I, for whatever you want to say, Jake Paul has turned these, uh, he has turned each one of his fights into a highlight worthy Twitter viral moment. Not just, uh, Oh, I stopped a guy or I beat a guy. So he has that going for him. 
So the idea, okay, was it a was it a fix? You know, people were, you know, this was a setup, Tobin. I, I was, people were so mad. I'm like, maybe it was a setup, you know. But if it was a setup, a, a heady play to Ben Askren because he was literally done fighting, done fighting. He was uh, off of hip surgery. He's fat, and he's already suffered. Probably the most notorious knockout in, in mixed martial arts history. Like, who doesn't know the Ben Askren five-second knockout from Jorge Masvidal? Who doesn't know that? So if you've already had one of the most notorious and embarrassing knockouts, five seconds, in the history of mixed martial arts, what does it matter if you lose to Jake Paul in reality? You know, I mean, you know, it's a bad look for the sport of mixed martial arts, for sure. But for him, if he, he's first of all, he's a guy who's, uh, you know, makes fun of himself, pretty comfortable with his own skin. And if he got fairly rich off of this, which uh, 500000 more than he's made in his mixed martial arts career, plus pay-per-view revenue, um, you know, I don't think Ben Askren's ever been the headliner of a pay-per-view. So all that being said is, uh, is you know, if it was a setup, had he played by, J- by, by Ben Askren to make it happen? I don't think it was... Um, necessarily a setup as far as like, I do, I think, uh, do I think Ben Askren legitimately went in there and took a dive? No, I think he got hit in the head really hard. He's not very good at punching. He's old. He's fat. And what does he need to fight through it for? Um, you know, was the referee quick to stop it? Yeah. But again, what what is he fighting for? Is he fighting for those terrible Triller belts? Those things are awful, by the way. Triller, if you're going to continue this stuff and you're going to have, you know, if you're going to spend the bu- budget on a gazillion musical artists, do yourself a favor. Invest like, you know, I don't know how much belts cost. Let's say a grand each. Can we invest three grand in three nice belts and not things that you look like you you sewed in home ec class? Those were terrible. Um, so, yeah, I, I will tell you this. Think what you want about the Jake Paul, Ben Askren thing. Unless you are just like you were really hoping that Ben Askren was going to defend the honor of mixed martial arts tonight, which I certainly don't think. Like, what do we you think that mixed martial arts is greatly stained today? Like you think that uh, like it stained who in the in the in the uh, in the eyes of combat fans like what are we talking about here? Like less people are going to tune into Jorge Masvidal versus, uh, versus Kamaru Usman next week because of what happened today. I highly doubt that. Um, but in, in reality, the better play here is yeah. Jake Paul wins and then theoretically goes and fights somebody harder. And if you hate Jake Paul, he certainly isn't going to suffer the worst punishment from Nate Robinson, uh, Gibb, or Ben Askren. He is eventually going to get into a place where he probably bites off way more than he can chew. You know, somebody who legitimately can punch back at him. So, good punch by Jake Paul. I believe it to be a legit punch. I believe the referee did stop it quickly. I don't care that he did, because it's a fight between a YouTuber and a fat, retired mixed martial artist who was the worst puncher we've ever seen. So, 
it did. I didn't really need to see Ben Askren muster up his Rocky Four uh, to, to to keep this going. As far as uh, as far as this is concerned, I don't know where he goes for me. I don't know what the next fight is. I don't know if it's KSI. I don't think it's Conor McGregor. Um, I don't really think it should be Dylan Dennis because that feels like the same story rinse repeated. Um, I know Scott Coker was a little bit uh, coy afterwards on Twitter. Uh, he put like a he he put a uh, like a, a a crystal ball or something like that. Dylan Dennis, I'm sure, tweeted about it. It's on 100% send me the contract. I'm going to put this old bleep out cold. Okay, so Dylan Dennis, that's probably going to be the next one to go as far as uh, fights are concerned. So, uh, yeah, I don't know where it ends up. I'm going to guess Dylan Dennis is probably the play that it goes to. Um, he's younger. I guess he's an active mixed martial artist, you know, even though he only has two fights. But he's also not a striker. So... You know, it's a good beef though. Those guys hate each other, so it'll you know it'll be a good fight build up. I where does you know when does this end up with him taking on an actual boxer? Probably never. You know, it's always going to be what's marketable, what's going to make Jake Paul look like a badass, what's going to get people to buy tons of pay per views, and you know, that's uh, that's yet to be seen. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, what uh what direction they'll go into there but i saw like you know something from ben askren saying like he's gutted he lost he felt like he let the world down <laughs> but we didn't see afterwards yeah in post-fight reaction ben did say hey, he's embarrassed that he lost to to jake paul he got knocked out by jake paul um but he's getting a million bucks according to him so you know if you're gonna retire off and go into the sunset uh and you've already been the source of every internet meme there is. Um, not a bad way to go out. Not a bad way to go out. And for Jake Paul, he gets to uh, continue this uh, this game for a little bit more, man, and, and continue to do people because, like I said, these uh, these knockouts uh, are going to look good. They're going to look good on the next Triller package or Twitter highlights or his YouTube page or wherever. Um, you know, he he sent them flying. And he just like he face planted uh, Nate Robinson, like these have been highlight worthy uh, knockouts, even if they are coming against guys who don't fight. So anyway, before we uh, before we get on to uh, to UFC stuff, uh, as far as the Triller, I you know I'm very curious to see what the future of this platform is because you know I've tuned into both freak shows between this. And the last one, the next one is going to be uh, Cambosis versus uh, versus Tiafima Lopez down here in Miami. I'm hoping I can go. Uh, I'm going to try and make that happen. But as far as the uh, as far as like the production, you know, you tune in at nine o'clock. You were legitimately watching musical acts up until like ten forty five. It felt like when the Frank Mir. Steve Cunningham fight was that really was the memorable fight. What was memorable was Oscar De La Hoya high off his rocker. I mean, he was, he was like the Dolphins offensive line coach. He was snow blowed. It was, I can't even do it justice. Go, go searching on Twitter. Some of the stuff Oscar De La Hoya was just thrown out there. He was high as a kite. Uh, in the, uh, in the co-main event, you had Regis Progray 
he uh, he got screwed out of a stoppage because he was about to win, and there uh, there was this. He it ended up going to uh, it, 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 he he hit Ivan Redcatch in the hip eventually essentially, but Redcatch was acting like he blasted him in the in in the uh, privates. And was just like rolling and writhing in pain. And they eventually had to stretcher him out. But they keep going to the replay. And he didn't even take a body shot. It was literally like a, a shot on his hip. More like his forearm glanced him. It was very, very strange. Very strange. Um, and that was that, man. That was kind of the night of fights. The fight, the, the night of fights was not great. Snoop was hilarious again. Uh, he's really good on these calls. Too many people, I would say. You stop wasting Al Bernstein's time. You clearly don't, you know, need his credibility there. He's he's getting high. Um, play by play guy was a little bit corny. Uh, you know, he you know just let Snoop. Hey, let's just. Uh, I think his name is Ray Floyd. Right, just let Snoop do his thing, bro. All right, Snoop's the star of the show there. Let him do his thing. Let a peacock fly. And uh, Pete Davidson, I thought was uh, was kind of funny in, in the lead up to it. He was like uh, very weird in the in the I won't say what his lines were in the in the actual fight, uh, and and then Mario Lopez was another one. Mario Lopez that like kept trying to like keep boxing on track. Bah, no point, no point. So that's a recap. We're gonna end a little UFC two sixty one uh, coming on up. Plus we got Xander Zayas joining us later on in today's program, and we'll be back with more after this. Uh, we'll do a little bit of an in-between here. We continue on here on the program. Uh, I just saw the ringside uh, shot. Of, I, I got to tell you something, man. Ben Askren took a real-ass shot. I, I, I'm i not going to sit here and say people... Uh, I'm not going to let people sit here and say that uh, Ben Askren took a dive. I don't think Ben Askren was, uh, you know, in phenomenal shape for this fight by any means. And by the way, he's also not a good puncher, as we saw from the workout videos. Um, but that was, uh, that was a big shot that he took, man. He hit him really, really hard and he landed on the canvas really, really hard. And honestly, I'm surprised he got up, um, which, uh, you know, if it wasn't that you were losing to a YouTuber, you know, you could probably say, Hey, props to Jake Paul for uh, props to Ben Askren for, for taking that shot. So, um, there's that. Let me get to, uh, let me get to this point. So Triller had a uh, big announcement this week. They announced the George Cambosis Tiafima Lopez lightweight championship of the world. going to be down here in Miami. Um, uh, it was interesting. I heard, uh, Peter, Peter Kahn, uh, he's our guy. And I heard him, uh, in an interview with, uh, Chris Mannix. And Peter had said that this is going to be a closed set kind of like they had some VIP guests there. You could definitely see during the fights, but, um, I don't think the mu- the musical acts weren't shot like it's not like Doja Cat and J- Justin Bieber performing on the same night. That was clearly all pre-recorded. I'm sure they were there uh, on fight night, but they weren't performing on fight night. So I think it's going to be that way for the for the Cambosis and uh, and the uh, and 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 uh, and Tiafima Lopez card. I'm you know I wonder if they're going to go so because this is supposed to be their one or first real dive into, hey, we have a real main event here, a real boxing event. And is one of the reasons they hired 
uh, you know, Peter as, as their head of boxing. So I wonder if they're going to take the same approach going into that fight. I know they did a great job promoting those guys, put them on the desk with everybody. And uh, I think that's going to be a fun fight build up too. Uh, you know, I, I think people will get a sense of, we've had George on the show a few times and uh, he's charismatic. He don't play. He's a very serious dude, very intense. And, uh, I think that, uh, and, and uh, I, I think he's, I think he's going to be able to match wits with, uh, with Tia Fimo, who's, who's good at, at trash talk in his own right. And it'll be different than the Lomachenko lead up. You know, the Lomachenko lead uh, was personal, but it's Lomachenko. Like he's, it's kind of cool. He's mild mannered. He's Lomachenko, you know? So I think this is going to be a, a cool variance in the, in the lead up to this fight, but I'm curious to see how they do it. Please don't bring those terrible belts, Peter. If we could have a talk, don't bring those terrible belts. You guys got to do something better than that. Um, and then I wonder if it's if it's so much music or if there's going to be some boxing. I look, look, I don't think people are missing out on so much boxing. I know how these big events work. Like you're there to see the main event. Um. So it's not that like it's t- some of it was ridiculous though. Like just. It's not just that there was music that made it crazy. It was the, uh, it was Oscar De La Hoya high high as a kite. It was Ric Flair was there judging a slap contest with Pete Davidson. I mean, it really was. It was a wild night. And, and look to their credit, I had UFC on the other television, and I didn't really turn off Triller. I was I was intrigued because I kind of wanted to watch the train wreck. And that's the other thing is everybody's just like, this is a train wreck. This is a joke. It's like, yeah, you're watching a Ben Askren, Jake Paul card, my guy. Like, what do you think it's going to be? You think this is going to be uh, this is going to be Miguel Cotto versus Manny Pacquiao? No, it is. It's supposed to be a freak show. And uh, people get cra- they Like people get so mad. Like the things that I see, it's I could chalk it up every single fight. Now. This is fake. Boxing's dead. MMA community should be embarrassed. It's just like the one thing with fights are they're one-offs, man. And you know whether it's a bad scorecard night that won't ruin the sport. Whether it's a you know a bad call by a referee, it won't ruin the sport. It's just like you're so invested that one night, and especially the mainstream eyes, which only kind of come in to the fold every once in a while. That um, when something does go wrong or something is controversial or on the fray, everybody feels like it's going to be the one sweeping thing over the sport. And it's just not. So that's going to be a good, cool uh, lead up. I'm looking forward to that. Welcome back to Owen's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. As we roll on here on the program, we're going to get to a little bit of UFC 261. Got ourselves a big in coming up next week. As you got Jorge Masvidal taking on Kamara Usman. Uh, Jorge getting another crack at the welterweight title after falling short on short notice just last July and at UFC 251. So we'll get into that a little bit. And uh, coming up in about 15 minutes or so, we are going to talk to South Florida boxing prospect 8 0. In his boxing career, he is going to try and stay undefeated as he is in action next week on ESPN+. Plus. Xander Zayas is going to join us in uh, just a matter of minutes on the program, so stay tuned for that. Speaking of prospects, shout out to Aaron Aponte, who we had on the program last week. He improved to 3-0 in his pro boxing career, 
and got himself a win at the Hard Rock on the Demetrius Andre card. Um, speaking a little bit on that, Andre I thought looked really, really good. Uh, beating up Le- Liam Williams. It was, uh, you know, you give credit to Liam Williams for staying uh, tough in, in what were really dire circumstances, it felt like for him, because he got put down in the second round, showed a lot of heart in that third round coming back on Demetrius Andrade, but Andrade never really looked in too much danger. You know, he's doing that strange thing where he ducks down and is just super awkward. Uh, but man, I just thought that he came with such force on a lot of his shots. It was just a matter of, I thought Liam Williams was really, really, really tough. I thought they took a lot of knockdown. Uh, I thought they took a lot of big uppercuts flush, a lot of, uh, tough angle shots flush, but I thought that, uh, I thought Demetrius Andrade looked crisp, man. I thought that he looked good. I hope that they can make that Jamal Charlo fight. Uh, I really, really do before Demetrius decides to finally move up to 168. Uh, just because I don't really know what's going to be there for him quite yet at 168. Obviously, you want to go and you want to chase the Canelo fight down and all that type of stuff. But I thought Eddie Hearn made a good point. Like I don't understand why, you know, Gennady Golovkin is over there at the zone and they're not matching up on uh, on this and getting a guy like Andre fights like that. Like the zone has guys who Demetrius Andre will, uh, I, you know, should be fighting. You know, normally when these issues happen, it's a matter of, you know, guys are in different parts of the street. It's politics. You know, this is just a, a thing of, oh, he's, uh, he's not just, he's just not big enough a name. Um, but I thought that he, he, he was, you know, very offensive tonight. You know, I thought that he really picked some spots, had some really flashy combinations. Uh, that uppercut was vicious and landed all night. So I thought it was a really pleasing fight. You could, you know, will people criticize because he didn't put Liam Williams away? I just think that's a credit to Liam. I thought that Liam was tough. Uh, it wasn't that Demetrius wasn't going for it. I think he wasn't being dumb about it. And so uh, I, I just hope that he gets a big fight uh, with, uh, you know, sometime within the next 12 months because he really, really deserves it. Uh, remains uh, undefeated, 30-0, and is the WBO middleweight champion of the world. Uh, I, you know, look, if Billy Joe Saunders ends up beating Canelo, there's a storyline there for sure. He can come up, and uh, uh, even though I'm sure Billy Joe will end up probably getting a rematch, but those guys have had some bad blood. I just think that something, you know, Triple G, G Charlo, somebody uh, with a big name should be fighting Demetrius Andrade for sure. All right, let's get into a little bit of UFC 261, Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, yours truly will be in the building for this one. I am very, very excited to go up to Jacksonville and check this one out. Got vaxxed up. Boom. We're good to go. I know that's not like fully kicked in yet and all that type of stuff. Not the point. The point is uh, we, we've started the process. We're going into a little uh, UFC mini bubble with the testing and all that. Got the protocol list. All good to go. Very, very excited to head on to uh, to Duval as they'll be all excited about getting Trevor Lawrence in just a little bit. But they got themselves a, uh, a hell of a card coming up on uh, next Saturday. So let's dive into it. You got UFC 261 and you got three title fights. Never really a big fan of, of triple title fights. I've said that on the show. I just feel like it makes it drag out a little bit. Um, and you have two... Women's championship fights on this card. First, you have Valentina Shevchenko taking on Jessica Andras. Look, definitely the most interesting opponent Andras uh, that 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 Valentina has taken on in a little bit. 
you know, she is uh, she is steamrolled fools. You know, she's been the women's flyweight champion now for two plus years. Um, when she beat Yana and J Chick, she is head kicked Jessica I. She beat Liz Carmouche. She took out Caitlin Chikagan and recently beat Jennifer Maya. She looks a, a class above everybody else. Uh, but Jessica, I think, comes with cachet. You know, she has won a championship before. She's had a, a vicious win over Ro- uh, Rose Namajunas to become the strawweight champion. She is a little tank. She looked fantastic in her debut at flyweight. So for me, I still am not going to pick against Valentina Shevchenko to lose this fight. But I got to say that it's the it, it, it definitely is the most intriguing matchup that they've come up with in a long, long time for her. Uh, so that is uh, that that's definitely a plus in this is that you have the story of Andrash coming up. What is she going to look like? That doesn't have to cut the weight. Maybe she looks a little better. Maybe she looks a little bit uh, uh, a little bit more full of life. Uh, this is a woman who's already won the championship 115. So I, I really think it's a uh, a fun, fun match. Valentina Shevchenko minus 400 in this. So Andras is a big underdog. Make no mistake. Um, and I'd still pick Valentina Shevchenko to win. But I do think that, hey, at least they're, they're coming up with something interesting here for the champion. And in a good challenger who has been to the heights. You know, took on a, a, a champion in Rose Namajunas you know, took a bludgeoning early in that fight and was able to find a way to go and uh, and win the championship with a crazy slam knockout. And then it uh, looked like she was coming on in the second part of their rematch. So I think it's a good fight for for Jessica. I think that, uh, you know, it, it'll it'll test Valentina in a lot of ways. Uh, Zhang Weili is taking on Rose Namajunas. Speak of uh, the, the, the former strawweight champion, she is uh, taking on Zhang Weili in the strawweight championship matchup. Zhang Weili is obviously coming off that uh, hugely uh, fun fight of the year candidate with her and Joanna Janjacek, where they just, I mean, just laid it all out on the line. They both look crazy after this fight. And now we get an opportunity to see uh, Weili go in there and defend her crown against the woman who really destroyed the reign of Joanna Yo- Janjacek. Um there's a little bit of uh you know there was a a big headline that was made this week between uh Rose Namajunas and Zhang Weili where Rose had uh, done an interview with the Lithuanian press and had come out and said some things against Zhang Weili being Chinese and basically saying that she is taking this fight let me back up on that. She said something to the effect of that this fight is very personal for her because of her home in uh, Lithuania, getting away from communism. And she used the line better dead than red and that she feels a personal heavy burden on this fight to beat somebody like Zhang Weili. Um, the only thing that's lame about it with Rose Nami Yunus uh, bringing this stuff up is we don't know how Zhang Weili is uh, is typically with this stuff. And we've already seen Joanna go down this road with, with Zhang Weili where there were COVID jokes and things like that thrown at her. Um, and, and, you know, we're seeing a time right now where we're trying to be more empathetic in our country and especially we're seeing uh, a, a real breakout of, of crimes against Asians and Asian Americans and all this type of stuff. So I think any type of symbol symbolism you're trying to take out of this win from beating somebody 
who is a really, really great champion and a really, really great fighter. Um, I know that the, and look, I know that there is a lot of nationalistic pride that just goes into fighting in general. That's just, that's how it goes. That's why, you know, you see Conor McGregor have the kind of following that he has and the British fighters and the Mexican fighters and all this. I know that boxing is a lot of times inbred. And this is honestly the plot line of, of, of Rocky versus, uh, versus uh versus drago although that was more revenge for his dead friend more so than a uh you know political climate war it just happened to also be the backdrop of that with the cold war of it uh, of it all going on but i do think that it's you know for rose who is somebody who has been an advocate for mental health and seems like a very introspective person and all that type of stuff I, I just wish that i think she should have taken the temperature of the times uh a little bit better um, because you don't really know what the fighters true, uh, feelings on this. And, and usually as somebody who is just super likable, like we remember the antagonist that Joanna was in, in their lead up and, and Rose was just there saying the Lord's prayer up in their, in their weigh-ins. And so, you know, we'll see what ends up happening and what fight week is going to be like with this. I'm sure she's going to answer most of it. She did double down on it. You know, uh, she did an interview with Helwani this week and double down on it. And I'm sure, uh, and stood by her comments. Um, but I just think that uh, for the, for this day and age, man, it's uh, you got to be a little bit more conscious with uh, with what you're going into there, uh, especially especially with with uh, what's been going on in our country and the blame that you know Asians and Asian Americans have been taking uh, because of the pandemic that has nothing to do with them personally, person by person. So, you know. It was a bummer to hear that. As far as the fight's concerned, look, I think it's going to be a really, really great fight. Um, and and you do have to wonder, you know, Zhang was uh, Zhang Weili was through a crazy war with Ro- with uh, with Yohan and Jacek. Rose Nami Yunus was through a crazy, crazy fight with Jessica Andrade. So these two women, they throw down and they make for entertaining fights. Typically, when they go in there and fight, so I, I really honestly think it has the potential to be uh, to 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 be a fight of the night candidate i i don't really have a, a a good sense of who i think is going to win uh right now zhang Weili is the favorite at minus 190 rose is plus 155 on the night and uh i think i will i'm gonna lean towards the champ she's on she's been on a, a bit of a roll and you know we'll see what ed, what ends up uh being the tension that they face this week maybe there'll be none uh, and then finally, of course, we have the main event, which is Jorge Masvidal getting another crack at the welterweight championship against Kamar Usman, who has broken George St. Pierre's uh, win streak record at welterweight. Has not broken his title fight win record, but is uh, you know we've had Kamaru on the show. I like I like Kamaru Usman a whole hell of a lot. He's a he's a super nice guy. He's a great guy to deal with. Uh, Jorge, I've always 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 enjoyed when we've had him on the show and uh, to see what his rise is to where he was and to what he is now as a star is pretty crazy. And his star power is prevalent. You saw that they wanted to sell out a venue. You put Hori Masvidal, boom, it's sold out. You know, would it have sold out if it was Valentina Shevchenko and Jessica Andrade and Zhang Weili and Rose Namajunas? Yeah. Would it have sold out if it was Kamar Usman against Leon Edwards? Maybe. I don't know. You know, maybe people will just be happy that the UFC is back. But we have seen that Jorge Masvidal certainly has grown drawing power. 
uh, ever since the Ben Askren knockout and going into the Nate Diaz fight and then the Fight Island um, matchup with Kamaru Usman. The guy's a bona fide star. He really, really is. And now the question is, what can he take from that first fight to find a path to victory to Kamaru Usman? Usman, first of all, um, props to him. Because I don't think Kamaro gets a lot of uh, gets a lot of hate for being a boring fighter and a boring personality. Um, he sold this in, in in a way like he is the one who called out Jorge Masvidal and said that he wanted to put him out on a stretcher, he wanted to beat him worse, um, and that is odd for a champion to do. A champion does not typically do that with a challenger, and he put a great storyline forth of of not liking how Jorge is putting the excuses out there wanting to finish the job because he certainly didn't have the most thrilling win over Jorge Masvidal. It was very lopsided. He won in a way where Jorge uh, couldn't get any offense for, uh, off fourth. He, he neutralized a lot. And then as the fight went on and wore down, um, started getting uh, Jorge a little bit more. But the question with this, you know, is always going to be what can, what can Jorge do in those – pockets where he keeps this fight stand and can he can he get this fight done quickly you know I think that for him he has made such a such a a conscious effort when we really saw this meteoric rise that he had to go finish guys quickly you know to to go attack and to really bring the offense and bring the fight to guys and with that last fight you saw a little bit of it, but I'm sure there was a conscious evidence of him not just wanting to get gassed out and worn out. And he was still able to, even with a tough weight cut, you know, get to the finish line, uh, even though he didn't win a round. But I think for him, if he wants to win this fight, he has to finish it. I don't love Masvidal's chances of going and winning a decision because... Camaro is going to always know what the path is going to be there. He can go and not even necessarily take down Jorge, but I think he can he can lock him up. He can do the foot stomp thing. He can push push him up against the cage. He's very very strong. He is a strong dude. He does not lose a lot of rounds. And the question for him though is: Look, even with the uh, with the Gilbert Burns fight, there was a window there where Gilbert looked like he really really hurt Camaro. You know, really, really put it on him. And we've seen even with Colby. Like, as much as the Trevor Whitman thing has helped, he has he has shown a propensity that he can get hit. It's a credit to him that he's been able to take the adversity and get through it. The question becomes, can Jorge hit him with something enough that really, really hurts him and really puts his lights out? That, I think, is, is, is the big question here. Um, you know, can he find something? Not necessarily a flying knee, but can he... Find an angle on on Kamara where he really rocks his world and and puts it in a position where he he really puts his lights out like he did to Darren Till. You know, you think about a fight like that where um, it, it it just really I think kind of sprung upon everybody how Jorge was able to knock out a much naturally bigger dude and uh, and put his lights out like that. So for me, uh, I I still think that. It's warranted that Camaro is is the uh, is the heavy favorite, but you know I do think that Jorge has got to have some sense of desperation in this too, knowing that this is probably his last chance 
even with him being a, a star, unless he's going to shrink down to 155 again, which he has been very adamant that he is not going to, he's not going to go up to 185, I'd imagine. Um, this is probably going to be his last rodeo so long as Kamar Usman is reigning champion. And so I think that that is going to bring upon Masvidal wanting to take some more risks. And I think that that's good for him. I don't think that he's going to go at these. I think that that was a very older Masvidal mentality that last fight to just kind of get through it, to pick some spots. We saw that kind of with Damian Maia, with the Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, where you just don't want to get embarrassed because you know a guy is very dominant in one facet. And even though this was on short rest, we saw a, a guy who was very old school in his approach and not the new school Masvidal that, that is a killer. That he is uh, that he has talked about really going and trying to take guys' heads off. Don't wait and bait and and, and bide your time. Go and, and and try and and take the win. Um, and I think if I look across this division right now, if anybody has the chops to do it, I don't think Leon is uh, is that guy. I don't think we've seen enough from him. I don't know uh, if he if he's changed enough. Colby. I think that, uh, you know, Colby, could he, if he got another crack and didn't get injured, could he beat a Kamaru Usman? He certainly got the wrestling pedigree. Um, you know, then you start wondering, like, is it up, you know, with this welterweight division, is it not an up-and-comer? I think that Masvidal, if you were to look at the, the landscape at welterweight right now, you know, he's really the guy that you like the chances of him going and getting a knockout victory. Is this a case, though, where Kamaro really feels better about his striking? We've seen that strong jab do uh, do some serious damage. We've seen him break a guy's jaw. So, I look, I don't think that Kamaro... I, I do think that Kamaro has had some, some leaps and bounds when it comes to the striking game. I do think that he's better. But uh, I do think that he also probably knows that as much as there is a gap between him and Masvidal and in and, and, and ground control and holding a guy up against the cage and strength and all that type of stuff. I think he probably also knows that there's probably a gap in, in, uh, in the striking game. Maybe he feels more confident. Look, he is at a different camp. Now he is at a, at a, at a, uh, at a guy in Trevor Whitman who puts a lot of confidence into his athletes as, as many coaches do, but just has that newfound confidence for the guy. So, you know, maybe they go about this and, you know, maybe he lands one on George that we don't really listen. Nobody thought that, Habib Nurmagomedov was going to land the best strike on Conor McGregor in a fight, and he did. He knocked him down and uh, and had the best shot of their matchup before he ended up submitting him. So maybe he finds some kind of Hail Mary in that in that regard. But um, I think Corey, I'm going to pick Corey to win. I, I think that he's going to have his career story beginning, but um, it has to be by finish. I don't think that I don't think he can go win a decision. I I, I don't think that's possible. I think that. If he has, if he is going to get it done, and I'm going to pick him to get it done, uh, he's going to have to uh, to get it done in rounds one or two. And if it's not, then it's going to be a tough night for him at the office. I think that uh, after that, I still think that Kamara can wear him down. I think still Kamara could find that easy path to victory and and really gas him out even with a full training camp. I still think that he can find a way to tire him out. So. Uh, we'll take a quick break here. When we come back, we will talk to South Florida's own Xander Zayas. He is going to be back in action coming up next Saturday in Kissimmee, Florida. You guys can watch him on ESPN+. Plus. He is a, a, a really, really uh, great, great young kid who has a bright future in the sport of boxing. We'll take a quick break and be back after this.
we always love talking to South Florida zone. You know, we have a fantastic boxing talent base down here. And this man is, uh, not been disappointing in his early pro boxing career. Xander Zayas. He is joining us here on the program. He is a veteran. I think this is what is our fourth or fourth interview. I think we've done together, Xander. Um, yeah, I believe so. I mean, I don't, I don't even count them anymore. I just, they tell me, Brandon, I'm like, bring him on, bring him on. I I got to get him in here. (laughs) I like, what do you got going on? What are you, is that a home studio you got going on? That's how much media they got. Yeah, this is my home studio. Yeah, this is my home studio. Um, we, we kind of like built it like a couple of weeks ago. My dad came up with the idea and, um, we just, you know, we went with it. You know, I got the gloves, I got the top rank, um, the top rank hat, the WBC hat. I have my first belt here. Um, got the Puerto Rican flag, got a couple of stuff, got a couple of stuff in there. I like it. I like it, man. All right. So, uh, we'll start it off like real generic. How is, uh, how is camp going? How are you feeling? You're a couple of weeks out. Xander's going to be fighting on ESPN plus on April 24th, Kissimmee, Florida. So, uh, how's it feeling, man? Man, it's feeling good. Um, great camp since the beginning, almost to the end. And, and, you know, I, I can't say, I can say it's been it's been perfect yet because it's not done yet. You know, it's done after the fight, but, um, so now it's been, it's been great. It's been a great camp. Um, we've been making all the adjustments. Um, the weight is coming down. Um, everything is going as planned and, and I'm looking forward to, you know, finish it up with, with the victory next Saturday night. You're, uh, you're now, I mean, well into your pro career. Is there something about camps now, uh, training for pro fights that, you just have a real comfort level with like, is there like a, a, just knowing your body, knowing your routine of where you got to get to, like, do you just, do you, do you feel like more in the zone of that, of just preparing for pro fights now? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent at the beginning. Um, you know, we used to go into fight week a little too low in weight. Now I know what my body can go in to fight week at. So we just, you know, we make the adjustments. Sometimes it changes. Sometimes a little, a little less, sometimes a little more. But um, most of the time it's just you know the exact the exact same weight as as before. So I think that has been really really easy to to get used to. You know, um, getting getting to know my body and getting to know that if I can come in at this I, I, a certain amount of weight, I'll be able to make it. Um, once weight comes in. Is it getting easier training in these times? Like we, you guys were throwing such a curveball. I remember you doing you know, hitting mitts in the, in the midst of your driveway, things just much more comfortable and relaxed now as you know, we're starting to get back to more normal and, you know, people kind of just had know how to live with coronavirus now and all that type of stuff. Is it, uh, is it just more comfortable around camp this time around? Yeah, hundred percent. It's more comfortable. I mean, we, we, we still try to keep the cautious, you know, um, when we go to the weight room, we try to keep the mask on. Um, we, we try to, keep the mask in the gym on if we're not doing anything, if we're not training. But, um, I mean, like you said, we're getting used to it. Um, we, we kind of like embracing it and, um, we just keep moving forward. We keep moving forward and, and keep making the adjustment with, with time. I think I saw your guy, Nika, he posted a, a video of you in the, uh, in a, in a trash can of ice. Can you explain <laughs> how terrible is that? Just, just the idea. I know you got to do it for recovery, <laughs> but just how terrible is it going neck deep in a, in a, in a, can of ice man it's like this this is what i think of when i get in there i know it's going to be cold i know i'm no nobody wants to do it no i mean whoever tells you oh i want to do this it's lying to you nobody likes it but what i go in there is if i can handle this if i could go 10 minutes in here 
without complaining, without getting out. I could do I could do it in a fight. I could I could live I could live with with uncomfort and not not feeling not feeling not being in my comfort zone, not not feeling comfortable, you know. So I just go in there and try 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 to relax, try to you know go t- take my neck back, look at the sky, see see what's going on. Because if I get if I get too anxious, then I get I start getting cold. But yeah, it's not a good feeling at all. It's not a good feeling at all. It looks awful. It looks <laughs> it just it looks awful. Um. So look, boxing has you know you 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 know tell you all the time what talent we have down here, and you're definitely part of that. But South Florida over the last 12 months has you know because of you know the circumstances of us being more open boxing yeah. has really come down here and it's like it's become this new little hub here first of all yeah what have you thought of that just like uh, of your of your hometown becoming more of a, a hub for boxing and then is there any part of you that wishes you have been on any of these cards because there's been events at like the hard rock or there's been events at the uh at the stadium or anything is like is there any part of you that wishes you were you were in some of these things that in your own town. Oh yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Um, I mean, it means a lot that you know we that that promotional companies are looking down to South Florida as as a potential um, setup for for boxing. Um, you know, we got a lot of boxing fans down here. But um, yeah, I also wish that you know, top ranks, top rank um, make a car down here in, in South Florida, like Miami or Fort Lauderdale. Because it, it would be awesome in front of my people, in front of literally my crowd. Um, people from Puerto Rico can come in easy. People from Orlando can come down here. So it will be it will be an awesome car. I mean, right now I'm fighting in Orlando again in Kissimmee, Florida, um, which is literally three hours from from Fort Lauderdale, and, not, and a lot of people is going to take the drive to go see me. And I'm I'm just very happy. I'm very happy to to for 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 the for the promotional companies to take their shows to florida in general have more people flooded down to the gyms like as it opened up different opportunities for sparring or anything like that that you've seen uh, like uh, how have you noticed it i guess from from you guys uh, internally as fighters uh is there you know different guys to spar with is there different guy is there different brains you get to pick as far as like the talent is concerned that's come down here because people find it more comfortable to train in a way in a way when we when we train um, we try to keep it kind of like low key, you know, right, right. just the people that is training, nobody else. Um, for example, when we had, when we had um, Adrian Broner, Robert Eastern, Javante Davis in our camp for last camp, they were right. also in camp. We try to keep everything, you know, as just the teams that were supposed to be there training. Um, if you, if you didn't belong there, if you wasn't supposed to be there, you had to get out for, you know, for the COVID and for also, we didn't want any, footage or any you know something that came out and leaked oh look they're sparring they doing this and doing that so we try to keep it low-key but yes he also has given us that 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 exposure to have more people come in i know it's poor taste to talk about if you if you sparred with those guys but what was it like just having guys who have uh you know, been on big time cards come into yes. your camp. What was it atmosphere like? Like, what did it? Uh, did you did mm. you learn anything? Did you observe anything really cool? Like, what was that uh, having levels of guys like that fame come to your gym? Well, well, the the whole the whole camp was was just great. I learned a lot. Um, the first time I met um I met Adrian Broner, who like, man, what way you fight at? I told him one forty seven. Like, man, you're lying. You don't <laughs> fight at one forty seven. So that was that was. 
you know, that was something that stick with me and, and it will stay with me my whole my whole life. But um, yeah, you know, learning with them, working with them, seeing the work ethic, seeing what it takes to, you know, be at the level that they are. Um, makes me work harder, makes me want to want it more, and, and made me made me stay focused. Now, you, uh, your last fight was in February. Uh, you went the distance on it. Um, was it good getting that that ring experience? You know, going to going to the judges' scorecard. How did you how did you find that? Because um, you know, like I imagine, like yes, you want to go out and finish everybody, but it's good to you know you're still very young, man. So it's good to get yes. rounds under your belt as well. So how did you find your last fight, and then what do you want to fine tune going into this one coming up? Well, the, the last fight was a great experience. Um, I learned a lot. We, we, I did a couple of mistakes. We corrected it. Um, you know, six rounds, I showed everybody that I'm able to last six rounds, that I'm, that I'm able to finish strong. Um, yes, I do believe that I could have stopped the guy in any round that I wanted to. I just didn't, didn't step the gas. Um, I felt like I was in cruise control. And, you know, that's a problem because once you feel you're in cruise control, you don't do enough. And, and in a real fight, in a real world championship fight, you have to do more than enough to win the fight. So, you know, we work on those things. And then in this fight coming up, we're looking forward to, you know, step step the gas every every single round. Just get stronger and stronger, you know, by the rounds. So we, we work on that. And, and, I mean, we got a whole different um, opponent. But the, the goal is the same. The goal is the same. Get better and um you know get the victory so they, they switched out your opponent recently like the the first guy dropped out no 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 uh, okay. i'm i'm just saying from the last fight yeah, and this yeah, fight there's you. different opponents and so you know we the game plan is a little different but other than that it's more about it's more about you know stepping the gas and, and getting getting stronger and, and sharper by by the rounds well i gotta get your take on this man so uh, i saw george cambosis he uh, he recently got down into camp uh, this is a massive fight for him coming up with, uh, with Tiafima yeah. Lopez, uh, another guy that you're close with. So I'm sure this is a weird one for you having, uh, having, uh, you know, two guys that you know, well, getting in there and fighting, but first of all, it's really awesome yeah. for them that they are making a ton of money for this fight, which is awesome. Awesome. I, I love it. And, and I, I'm sure that, that the boxing fans, the real boxing fans love it too. They, they are excited for this one. Um, they know that, you know, George and, and Tiafima are two two warriors and they're are looking forward to put anything on the line to get to you know to win those belts how is he i guess george around camp is he uh is he is he hyped is he uh, is he nervous like what's uh what's the vibe that you get from him going into this? man um he has a lot of motivation um i see it in his eyes um i'm sure i'm sure i haven't spoke with teofimo but i'm sure he does too um george just got great news a couple of days ago that he's going to be a dad again for the third time so I think that gave him a little more, a little bit more, more energy to, you know, keep working hard. He's he's out here without his family. So um, I'm sure that's another another, you know, mile of motivation. Um, man, I, I see him, I see him having a great camp. Um, I'm sure that again, Teofimo is having an, an awesome um camp. And I just can't wait. I just can't wait for June 5th to for them to put on a show. You gonna go? Is it gonna be down here? Like, what's the word, man? Because I, I keep hearing it's gonna um, be down here, but I, don't I believe I believe it's gonna be down here. I'm not I'm not 100 sure. I hope it's down here so I could go. Um, Me too, man. But if not, if not, I will try to go anyways. You don't matter where it's at. <laughs> yeah, you got, you, I'm sure you got the right connects for that, man. All right, before we get you out of here, uh, before we get you out of here, and you, you guys can catch Xander next week at ESPN Plus. He's gonna be fighting and kissing me. 
Uh, check it on out. ESPN Plus, just a fantastic job. You get you know, getting a chance to see all this talent uh, in front of your eyes, and and uh, it's great that Top Rank's doing that. Uh, all right, how nervous are you about the Lakers? Because you know LeBron is hurt, Anthony Davis is hurt. Now you know what it's like because in the finals with Goron and Bam getting hurt and you getting gifted a championship. Man, now you know how now. it feels. Now come you know how it now. feels for the, just, for the bonds about your way. We just blew out oh, the Nets. The net, the, 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 when do they try the Nets? They're, they're like, they're cruising through the season. Come on now, Brandon. Come <laughs> on now. Last time you told me, yeah, we're going to win the championship. You got, yeah, all right. listen, yeah, go, all you got, right. got, game one, Goron got hurt. Bam broke his neck. You know, no it, excuses. No excuses. What do you though? mean, no excuses? This no is, excuses. This is We're not putting between... excuses because LeBron is out. We're not putting excuses because oh, AD is okay. out. Or I'm sure there will be no Lakers fans making excuses if LeBron doesn't come back or LeBron doesn't look like himself. I won't make excuses. You're making excuses right now. I call them reasons. I call them reasons. No, that's something that happened a year ago. No, there's always, listen, bro, there's always going to be that asterisk. There's always going to be that, that notion listen. of, if, if if the Heat had this their lead year, score this year, this year, this year, Lakers and Nets for the finals. No, and I got Lakers. You got you got you you believing in the Nets is crazy because James Harden's never come through big in his life. He always chokes. You got you got you got. He does. He does. He, he does. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You know, but KD never chokes. Oh, that's true. KD doesn't choke, but he is. But he is on those those fridge those, those wobbly legs. Who knows if he yeah. gets through it. You know, the heat is stinking up. But I'm sure, right but I, hey, hey, I, I'm not worried about the East. The West, we're going to win it. No, I, I mean, it. maybe, maybe, but I know, I know, maybe. I know when the rematch, no maybe. I know when the Who rematch, else, I know how this world, I know, I know when the rematch comes and everybody's healthy for the Miami Heat and we, and we get a chance to get our, our pause. Jimmy Butler's not letting this one go this time when it, when it's Heat and Lakers in the rematch. Yeah, right. I know that's happening. Hey, all respect to Jimmy, all respect to Jimmy. If you, if you see him. Tell him that that I that that I look up to him that I that he's a great athlete, but he's not gonna beat the Lakers. Like that's. I, I will it. also I I'll, I'll also make sure I'm sure he'll say you're welcome for getting a gift with no with I had I was playing <laughs> I was playing with Duncan Robinson and G Leaguers. Congratulations. <laughs> All right, bro. Listen, Man. Hey, good luck. Hey, uh, healthy you. healthy way the rest of the way, and uh, we'll do it again. All right. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate you. Thank you to Xander for joining the show again. Catch him next week on ESPN+. Plus. He will be uh, fighting there at Academy, Florida, looking to keep his undefeated record intact. Uh, always appreciate the young man for joining us. He is, he is a delight. Uh, going up to Jacksonville this week, everybody, so we'll have a, a ton of coverage for you from UFC 261. Expecting to have some of the fighters on the card uh, join us this, this week as well on the morning show. So looking forward to it. I head up there in the middle of the week. So uh, we'll have a lot of fun stories, I'm sure, for the next episode of Tobin's Fight Show. Talk to you next time, everybody.